Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. We'd like to thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to listen to what God is doing here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We hope today's message will be encouraging and uplifting to you. To learn more about Simple Church, maybe you'd like to be our guest for a service, please visit our website at www.simplechurchohio.com. There you'll find more information about us, location, service times, and even online giving opportunities. And now, here's today's message. Well, good morning, Simple Church. Good morning, good morning. Welcome. We're so glad that you're here today. I want to thank you for braving the less than one inch of snow this morning. You guys are awesome. Uh, thanks so much for being with us. We especially want to send a special thank you out to those of you if it's your very first time here. Come on, Simple Church. Let's welcome our guests. And I also want to say hello to our online family, those of you that, are, that were impacted by the snow and uh, were not able to dig out of the inch. Uh, we appreciate you joining us online. Make sure you comment on there, say hi to us, shout amen, send hearts and all that kind of stuff. And uh, so we're just so thankful that you're with us as well. And if you're listening to my podcast, we are so thankful to have like this extended online family that we have. It's, uh, it's crazy what technology allows us to do and how many people we're able to reach as a result of it. But, uh, but back to you, if it's your first time here today, we want to ask you to do only one thing for us, and that is to reach into the seat back in front of you where you're going to find what's called our connection card. And if you'll take just a moment to fill that out, a completed card, if you'll just step back to the Connect Center after service, get you a t-shirt and a gift bag, just our way of saying thank you for being with us today. So feel free to do that at any time during the message, all right? couple of th- I'm all right. Everybody else okay? I'm, I'm all right. Is it me or is it you? It's, it's Yeah, it's not me. <laughs> all right. So a couple things you need to know before we jump into the last message in this series. First of all, tonight is uh, prayer. So we've been on this season of 21 days of prayer and fasting, and we're in day 22. And so to encourage you to keep up the habit, we actually do this intentionally. So tonight is our first night of prayer in this building, and it's day 22 after this, this time of prayer and fasting. And how many of you guys are thankful for the fast and all God is doing and moving in you through that time? That's awesome. And how many of you are thankful the fast is over? Yeah, amen. Yeah, so, so uh, we, always, we always love to start our, way, our, our year this way, uh, but uh, we're always glad when that is done as well. And so, um, but, but join us tonight, 6 o'clock. The band will be back here, and I'll walk you through just an hour. We keep it to an hour of prayer and what that can look like. And so if you don't know how to pray, this is a perfect time for you to come and join us, and, 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 and I'll teach you how to do that. I've even got a great new resource that I'm going to be handing out tonight. So, so come be with us. Plan to be with us at 6 o'clock tonight. And then a huge announcement that I want to share, which I know will bring a lot of questions, but I promise you that your team leads and your directors and any of our staff can help you uh, with, with any of the questions that you have, but uh, we, we're going to go to two services. So on most Sundays, when we haven't had snow, it's been standing room only in here, and uh, so we, we know that we're having spatial issues in this room and spatial issues out in our parking lot, and so we made the call. We've got, we got to make the jump to two services. So starting the first Sunday in March, that'll be March 3rd, we're going to have a 9 a.m. service and an 11.15 a.m. service, all right? So you may notice there's a big gap between our two services, and the reason that we're doing that is to help accommodate our flow out of the building and the vineyards flow into the building. Because you all know there's, there's two churches that meet here on Sunday morning. In fact, what you may be interested to know is there's four churches that use this building on a Sunday morning. Talk about a kingdom opportunity, right? Four churches that use this building, and uh, we, we just share the morning time. And so, so to accommodate a smooth transition where we're not bumping into a whole bunch of people in the parking lot, we'll have a 9 a.m. and an 11.15 a.m. service. Now, there's something really important that I have to share, and this is where I know you're going to have questions. But I need you on the team with me to know, because uh, I need your help here in making sure we communicate this, and it matters when you invite your friends, but... But because of the transition to the new building, while we have spatial issues up here and in the parking lot, uh, we need more of it. Uh, we need more of one other thing, and, 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 and that's in our kidsmen area. And I say this because at the last building, it took six or seven people to run kids ministry because we had four classrooms. And, uh, and when we jumped here to the new building, we now have six classrooms uh, we also have a, a check-in person that's really far and removed away from kids' ministry, so we had to add additional support staff. And so we went from having six or seven people to run on a Sunday morning to about 13 people per service. What that means is our kids' staffing needs to be bulked up. 
And so uh, until that happens, which I know, I know what you're going to say, Aaron, growth track. Growth track is how we get people and, and they, they discover their gifts, that they belong in kids ministry and that they, they make that leap. And you haven't done growth track for a couple months. You're right. Moving into this new building, we didn't for, for December and January just so we figured out who we are in this space and how it works best. Uh, which growth track is starting in February as well. People are excited about that. We'll be able to finally finish that and start that, yep. Uh, but uh, um, so we haven't had that. And so, and so I realized that, that those on-ramps to joining that team have been closed, but, but here's what we've decided for the time, all right? And this is the main thing you need to understand with these two services. And I don't say that this is a, t- a permanent solution. It is a very, very temporary solution that we hope will be resolved within three to six months but is that the kids' ministry will only be open during first service. We talk to a lot of parents and to our executive teams and try to figure out when the kids are, are when's the best service. And they said, well, my kids are up pretty early, like 6.30 in the morning. They're knocking on my door. Dad, Mom, so 9 a.m. service would be great. Could we do that? So that's the service we chose. We had to pick one. And so when you're inviting your friends and they have kids, know the kids' ministry for the time until I communicate differently will only be open that 9 a.m. service, all right? And so we need your help in order for them to open a second service, which we think we can do in the ne- within the next three months. They're going to need at least 30 additional people in order to have the confidence to be able to open that, to make sure that every Sunday we can, we can support the kids that will be coming for that service. Now, here's what this is. If you're tempted to complain right now, let me just shoot this out there. This is what you call growing pains, okay? Amen, everybody? that we are growing, that God is doing something here which is amazing, and you don't have growing pains unless you are growing. And so this is a good thing. It will be resolved, and it will be managed, but I need your help. I need your help. There are some of you that you could serve in kids' ministry, or maybe you served in kids' ministry prior to, and maybe, maybe it wasn't your thing. Can I challenge you to try it again? In this new building, they have a stage down there, and the kids have like their service like this, where they're singing songs and dancing and doing skits, and, and then they break off into their small groups in their classrooms, and so you're not just a teacher in, inside a classroom with the kids the entire time. They also have support people, you know, running kids to the restroom and making sure they get, they get everything that they need or somebody to run check-in. Like, there's great opportunities here, so, so, so reconsider it, and, and I would say this today, and I'm going to talk about this for the next few weeks. If, if you would say kids' ministry is something I can try, I'm going to be one of the 30 that they need. Would you grab one of the connection cards in front of you? Would you fill out just your name and your phone number? That's all I need. I don't need you to fill it out completely. And write in the comment section, hey, I want to I help in kids, man. And we'll, we'll get you connected with them, and, 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 and we'll meet this growing pain. Amen, everybody? Let's do it, all right? In Jesus' name, let's do it. So it's, so it's all a good thing. I can tell about half of you are excited about that. But, but those of you that are excited, I need you on my team to help us to do this. So, so when you're talking about it, let's talk about it that way. And then, you know, if you have any questions and you haven't been able to get them resolved, you can send an email to feedback at mysimple. Uh, dot church, all right? So there you go. <laughs> you can send some questions out. All right, so, well, let's jump into what we're doing today. We are wrapping up this series called Uphill Habits, and uh, the reason we're doing this series at the beginning of the year is it's, it's really important that we focus on our habits because our habits actually impact who we are. Like, like, what you repeatedly do is who you become, right? Like, we form our habits, and then our habits form us. Unfortunately, though, most people in life have what we call uphill hopes, but they have downhill habits. Now, hope is an important thing. That's why at the beginning of the year, you look at your year and you say, this is how I want it to be different. I hope this is the year that I lose weight. I hope this is the year that my marriage uh, gets better. I hope that this is the year that my finances get in order. I hope that this is the year that I get the job or, or that I finish schooling. Or I hope. Oh, hope is a great thing, but hope is not a strategy for success. It's a great motivator, but it will not keep you in the game. In fact, that most of us, we have hope that things will be different, but we have what we call downhill or defeating habits, these habits that will not sustain us moving in the direction that we need to in order to see change happen. In fact, you'll never fix your life if you have downhill habits. And so we need some uphill habits, and, uh, and these are not easy. They might be simple, but they, they're not always easy, and many of you guys know this already, that nothing easy is ever really worth it anyway, right? It's the, the things you have to work for that are, that are worth having. And so you need more than inspiration and motivation. That's why we do what we do here on Sunday mornings. That's why I give you Christianity that's just as good on Monday through Saturday as it is on Sunday, right? I want to teach you how to live it out so that you can apply it to your life. 
and, and, and see God change in your life. Because here's the truth. You're going to need God for this journey. Whatever transformation that you want to see in your life, it starts with him. That's why our theme verse for this whole series is Romans 12.2. It says, fix your attention on God, period. Like that's the most important thing you can do. Fix your attention on him, and then watch what happens. You'll be changed from the inside out. Most of us attempt change or transformation in our lives by changing our, the things that we do outwardly. We start first, and, and you can white-knuckle it. You can try to do that for as long as you want to, but the best way to experience transformation is to allow your heart to be changed about something. Because when your heart is changed about something, your mind gets changed about it, how you talk about it changes, and it affects how you live your life. And it says, it says this, the verse continues, it says, readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it, unlike the culture around you. So we've got to step away from the way that the world is doing it, because let's be honest, the way the world's doing it doesn't work, right? It doesn't work. God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. So God wants to take you on a journey. He wants to take you on a journey to some maturity. He wants to bring the best out of you. In fact, he's the only one that can do that. And he wants to develop this well-formed maturity in you. And that's, that's not just uh, uh, inspiration. That's a process we call transformation. And transformation always has some steps attached to it and some habits that you're going to need in your life. So each week, we've been giving you some habits. The first week, if you missed them, here's a quick review. The first habit is to focus on what I do first. Focus on what you do first. In other words, first things set a precedent for the rest of them, right? First things have power in your life. What you give priority to makes a difference. And so we said, make God first in your life. Make him first in every single area of your life and rearrange your life because this is what Christianity is. You know, Christianity is not coming to church on Sunday mornings. Christianity is pointing everything in your life towards God. That, that's what it is. And so we said, make God first in your life. The second habit is control my thoughts. Now, the Bible has a lot to say about our thinking processes because we know this is truth, that you're never going to change until you change the way you think. You'll never change your life until you change the way you think. Habit number three, uh, and this was uh, delivered by Pastor Justin Ross from Impact City Church. How many of you guys tuned in online last week? Yeah, awesome, great. Uh, he, he, he was scheduled to be here with us. It was my birthday weekend, and I said, well, I'm gonna take the weekend off and, and let him come in and bless you guys. And, uh, and, then, we, and then the snow came, the actual snow came. The, uh, and so we drove out to Impact City, and he filmed this message called Keep My Life Aligned With My Purpose. That's habit number three. In other words, we need to get our time, our schedules, our thinking, and our spending in alignment with knowing why we're here on this earth. Because it's so important. Once you know why you're here, everything changes for you. And the way you live your life needs to be in alignment with your purpose. And today, habit number four, here's what we're going to talk about, is to choose my relationships carefully. You are where you are, and you are who you are as a result of the relationships that you've had in your life up till this point. Whether that's good or bad, you are who you are as a reflection of who's been in your life. Now, some of you, you're like, well, that's not really my fault, Aaron. I inherited some of these people, right? I got mom and dad. I got, some, I got a crazy brother. Like, anybody got a crazy brother in their family? Yeah, yeah, I got one. He's here. He sits right back there. Where are you at? He's waving his hand. See? He knows. But I love him dearly, and I love what God's been doing in his life as well, and I love his family. And uh, he's not so crazy anymore, but uh, anyway. <laughs> oh, that's my dad clearing his throat back there. <laughs> you say, are we supposed to laugh? Is that okay? Yeah, you can have fun in church. Amen, everybody? It's okay. You can have fun in church. It's all right. And so good or bad, uh, you've inherited some people, and, and so you're a product of who you spent your time with. And, uh, and, and honestly, I think relationships, the, the decisions you make regarding your relationship is probably one of the most important decisions you can make in your life. Uh, when, I, when I went to school, uh, I had a Bible teacher. Yes, I went to a Christian college or Christian uh, high school. And my Bible teacher said to me, he said, if you show me who your friends are, I'll show you who you are. But I'd like to bring some clarity to that statement. If you'll show me who your friends are, I'll show you your destiny. I, I, I'll show you your future. 
who you're going to be is a result of who you spend time with. The Bible says in Proverbs 27, 19 that a mirror reflects a man's face, but what he is really like is shown by the kinds of friends he chooses. See, this is something important that you can't miss when you look at this scripture. You have a part to play in this process. You get to choose the kind of relationships that you're in. And so if you're taking notes today, and you should be taking notes, there's four choices that you need to make, four relationship choices that are intentionally verbs that I'm going to give you uh, that will impact this habit and will ultimately help you change your life. The first thing is you need to nurture my important relationships. Nurture your important relationships. Now, hopefully, all of you have some important relationships in your life. Hopefully, you've got a relationship with God. You've got a relationship with family. You've got some friends in your life, and I think that's important. But you, you need to know that the condition of those relationships didn't happen by accident. The, the, the current condition, good or bad that they're in, are a result of whether you've invested in those relationships and nurtured them or not. The, the, it, it, it's up to you, and it's all on you, to determine the, the, the nature of those relationships. Are you nurturing them or are you avoiding them? Some of you your friends, you're like, man, I, I, I really wish I had a stronger relationship with my friends. Really? When's the last time you called them? When's the last time you texted them? When's the last time you invited them out? Oh, they might have invited you out, but did you invite them? Are you spending time with them? Are you investing in some way in the relationship? Some people talk about their marriage, and they're like, well, the, the, the fire just burned out, Pastor Aaron. It just, it's just, you know, the, the, the fire's not there anymore. And you say, well, <laughs> you know what you do when the fire starts going out? You throw a log on it. You don't blame the fireplace for the fire going out. But some of you want to blame the marriage. Well, the marriage just wasn't good, you know, and we just aren't good together. No, that's not true. You're just a little lazy or maybe a little distracted or maybe you don't want to or maybe there's some hurt going on. I get it. But listen, the fire roars when you attend to it. So nurture that relationship. Get some wood. Throw it on the fire. When I talk to people about their marriage and they say this, man, man, the relationship just isn't what it used to be. I said, you know what? When was the last time it was really great for you? And they'll, they'll, oh, they'll list the time. Tell me, what were you doing then? And then they start talking. Well, we went on a date every week. I used to leave her little notes. We used to call each other. We used to kiss each other in the mornings before we left for work. I used to give her a hug when we came home. I used to, used to, used to, used to, used to. You know all that stuff you used to do? Go do that. Go do that. Yeah, that's all right. Go do that. Relationships take work. And just because it's work doesn't mean that it's a bad thing, all right? You, you can invest in it. You know, Shanda and I, we're, we work hard at our marriage. Shanda a little harder than me because I'm very difficult to live with. I'm just being honest with you. I'm hot. I'm, she, she just, you hear it? She said, amen. You shush. <laughs> ha, I'm high strung and she's easygoing. And so we're very intentional about our marriage because it will not maintain itself. It, it just won't. Some of you think the grass is greener on the other side. It is, but the water bill is definitely higher on the other side, all right? <laughs> if you want greener grass, get out your hose and start watering that grass. It'll be greener right away. So attend to and nurture your relationships. Don't give up on them. Don't, don't give up on them. Just invest in them. Even if the flame's gone out, which I realize it's harder to start the flame once it's gone out. You can't just throw a log on it. You got to work, work at it, but it can be done. And some of you got to stop doing this. I, I, I talk about this a lot, and I mean it really hardcore today. Listen to me. Stop letting your feelings lead you around. Some of you are like, well, the feelings are gone. I don't feel the way that I used to about them in your marriage, in your, in your friendships. I just don't feel. Listen, when we get into the magical world of feelings, I can't argue with you. If you feel how you feel, that's fine. But I will tell you this, your feelings will betray you because they're fickle. You will feel one day about a person and you will not feel the same way the next day about them. So if you start making choices based on your feelings, you're in for trouble. I'm just trying to help you. I love you. I know I'm being a little preachy and I apologize. But I'm just trying to tell you. Here's the truth. Choices lead 
and feelings follow. Every single relationship that you're in right now that you're experiencing love, every, every, whether it's, a, it's a, a marriage relationship, a dating relationship, a friend or a family relationship, one that you would identify, I love that person and they love me, it all stems from, those feelings you're experiencing stem from choices you made to invest in them, choices you made to nurture those relationships. I can prove it to you. I can prove it to you. Every text message that you sent, you, when you decided to ask that girl out and then ask her out again and ask her out again, you, you keep spending time with them. You are making a choice that leads to you experiencing and feeling love. Choices lead and feelings follow. So you need to choose to nurture your relationships. And the next season of our church is really going to help with this. Every February, we do a relationship series, and so uh, this year is no different, February 3rd through the 24th. We're going to do a relationship series, and this is a great time for you to invite your friends to church because everybody's in relationship, whether you're single, whether you're engaged, whether you're married, or married and wish that you were single, you need this series. It'll be helpful to you, okay? (laughs) Especially those of you in that last one. (laughs) We want to, bless God, we want to help you. Nurture your relationship. And then, and then specifically for those who are married or engaged, uh, again, we, we did a, a very first marriage conference, conference last year, and we'll do that again this year, March 29th and the 30th. It's a Friday evening and a Saturday morning, uh, and I want to encourage you to come. If you're engaged or married, uh, w- w- the links will be available soon on our website, and you'll be able to register. And make sure you register early because it's, uh, there's, there, there's an early bird fee that you can get in and don't want you to have to pay full price. A- amen. And, uh, and let me just say this, uh, in, in this room, I realize that everybody's in a different place in their, their financial journey. You know, anytime we do something that there's a fee attached to it, I, I want to just share this. Don't, don't let that be the reason that you don't go. Don't let the, whatever the dollar amount's going to be for this conference, don't let that be the reason that you choose not to go. If you can't afford it, let us know, because we'd be happy to, as a church, to invest money into your marriage. Amen, everybody? We would love to send you to this marriage conference. So don't let finances be a reason that you don't go. If you're engaged or you're married, we want to we help you get there if you need some help, all right? So register when that comes available. But it's so important that we learn to nurture our relationships. Why? Well, First Peter says this, the end of all things is, the, is near. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Above all, love each other deeply. That's that nurturing. Love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. The next choice that we need to make is to restore my broken relationships. Oh, this one scares people. This one scares me, honestly. The relationships that are broken for one reason or another. Maybe you did something that hurt them or maybe they did something that hurt you. These are scary. But I promise you this, that the pain of fixing the relationship is way less than the pain of that broken relationship. Are you hearing me? That if you leave that relationship broken, it will hurt way more in the long run than than the pain of of going and humbling yourself, of reaching out to them, of apologizing for whatever whatever way they feel like you may have hurt them. You hear what I'm saying? Even if that wasn't your intent, you can apologize for how you made them feel, right? You can go to them and try to restore the relationship. As painful as that may be, and, and I get it. In this room, I realize there's a whole widespread of relationships of, of people that you're like, Aaron, they won't come to the table. That, that I'll try to reconcile with them. I'll try to make it right. I'll try to restore the relationship. It may not be what it once was, but it can be restored. There can be peace between us, but they won't come to the table. It, it's, it's not something I can do. I can't, I can't get them to do it. Well, the Bible addresses that. It says in, in Romans 12, it says, don't repay anyone evil for evil. So if, they're, if they're, they are being unforgiving, you don't have to be that way. If, if they're still actively trying to hurt you, you don't have to be that way. You don't return evil for evil. No. It says, if it is possible, that means if they're willing to come to the table, if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, and many of you, you don't even realize, but if you would just take the first step then you'd find reconciliation, you'd find restoration. And I, as Christians, as Christ followers, I believe it is our responsibility to take the first step. If you'll take the first step 
as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. So if you, if you can't live at peace with them because they won't come to the table, you can at least live at peace with them in your heart. You can settle it and decide, I'm going to forgive them. I'm going to do my best to have peace. In fact, Jesus thought this was so important that when his disciples came to him and said, Jesus, teach us how to pray, he said to his disciples, this is the way you do it. Many of you have heard this prayer. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. There's an important part. Many of you guys like the forgiveness of sin. You like your debts canceled, but you don't like the whole part where you cancel someone else's debt. But that verse says, forgive us our sins as we forgive others. In other words, the way that you're willing to forgive somebody, whether you are willing to freely or begrudgingly forgive them, whether you are to forgive them a little bit but not all of it, is the way that you will receive forgiveness. Hello? And I don't know about you, but for me, I want complete. Like, I want the whole thing absolved and my debt wiped clean. And that's why I have to be willing to forgive people. In fact, I pray that every day, and you should too. I pray, God, forgive me. And if I'm holding unforgiveness towards anybody, will you show me? Because sometimes you're not even aware, right? You're not even aware that you're holding resentment. Show me. Who do I need to forgive? And he'll point somebody out, and you need to forgive them. You may need to even call them and reconcile with them. But you deal with that and you settle it in your heart. And then here's what I do. Once, once I know that there's nobody I need to forgive, I'll say, God, I know there's somebody going to sin against me today in some way, shape, or form. And if they do, I'm going to make a choice right here and now to forgive them. I'm going to pre-forgive them. You should write that down and start practicing that. I'm going to pre-forgive them. Come on, somebody. That's a life changer right there. You are welcome for that. You say, Aaron, why would you do that? Because I don't want no beef with anybody unless it's served up medium rare off a grill. Can I get a witness? I don't want it. I don't want it in my life. Because unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting someone else to die. It doesn't harm them. It only harms you. So you can make a decision to forgive them in advance. In fact, that's what the Bible tells us to do in Colossians 3.13. Check this out. This is going to blow your mind. It's going to help you, though. It's going to help you. It says, bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Now, another translation of this says to make room for each other's faults. Make room for the way people are going to offend you and hurt you. What does that mean? Well, at my house, I have a guest bedroom. Do you know why? Because I expect guests And I expect that when a guest calls me and says, can I stay at your house? I say, I have a room prepared for you. Right? The scripture says make room for each other's faults. That means you prepare yourself because people are going to sin against you. Do you know why? Because they're sinners. It's in their nature. And you need to stop being surprised that people will sin against you. You need to stop being surprised that people are selfish. Just stop. Take, that, take the phrase, I can't believe they would do that, out of your vocabulary. <laughs> you need to start believing that they will. You say, Aaron, so what am I supposed to do, build walls and protect myself? No, you need to be prepared with an answer for when they do. Make room for their faults. I've got a room, I'm ready, so when they do sin against me, I've already decided to pre-forgive them. I'm preaching better than you're shouting, and that's okay. <laughs> I realize I'm getting all up in your business out here today. But you can make a decision. All right, I'm going to keep moving on. Here we go. Third choice. Woo. Some of you are like, church is almost over, and he's just, it's all right. Third choice here. Sever, <laughs> sever any harmful relationships, all right? You need to sever some relationships in your life. This is true. Some of them are harmful to you. They're pulling you the wrong direction. And if you can't sever those relationships, those relationships certainly need to be redefined. Some boundaries put into place. Now, some of you are going to go home today and say, honey, pack your bags. And they're going to go, why? Where are we going? Don't know where you're going, but you're out. (laughs) No. (laughs) Listen, (laughs) if you marry folk, I ain't talking to you. You marry folk, you've got a commitment and a covenant, a promise before God that you made to stick it out with that person, and you need to go ahead and do that. You need to work it out unless you're being abused in some way, shape, or form. And that's a whole other conversation that we'll get into at another time, but... 
But, but you need to stick it out, you married folk, okay? I'm not giving you permission to bail. But the rest of you, you know those harmful relationships. There's, there's relationships from your old ways and your old life that is just dragging you back. Maybe it's somebody that you used to do drugs with, somebody you used to party with, somebody that you used to sleep around with. You, you need to sever those relationships and quit flirting with them. I heard about a husband and wife who were flirting with people, old flings and on, on the internet, and they got into a habit of doing this, and, and so both of them were doing it. They didn't know that each other was doing it, and they were using, using uh, pseudonames and different pictures, not, not of themselves. And so they're flirting with all kinds of people online, and, and, and both of them, unbeknownst to each other, connected with somebody that they continued to flirt with, and, and both of them around the same time decided to hook up with that person, to go out and actually meet them in person. Both of them arrived at the location where they were to meet that person, and do you know who they met? Each other. That's right. This is a true story. This is a true story. They met each other. They got so mad that they divorced each other. Why? You got to stop. You got to stop hanging out with them old people, those old relationships, God has something better for you. He has a destiny for you and a purpose for you that you cannot live out unless you sever or redefine some of these relationships. Last year, we, we did a, the series on margin, and we started talking about moral margin. And one of, the couple, one of the couples came up to me afterwards, and they said, man, you know, we really need to shift here. We, we really need to shift because we're not married. We're living together, and we're, we're going to go ahead and make a shift. And they were already engaged and had a plan to get married the following year, and, uh, and, and I was just so proud. I, I, was, I was so proud of their response to what God was doing in their life and to redefine that relationship, to say, we're, we're going to honor God in this way. We're, we're not going to be together. We're not going to sleep together. We're not going to do this you know, anymore, and we're, we're going to get married, and we're going to honor God. And I said, well, you know you guys are scheduled to get married next year. Bless God, you know what? They got married in about a month and a half after that, and... Uh, <laughs> Now listen, I know that that's, that's funny to us, but, but really I love what God does. When you, when you make a decision to honor him, when you decide to either sever those relationships or redefine them and start doing things God's way, they're, they're so incredibly blessed and I'm so thrilled to watch what God is doing in their marriage as a result of their union and doing things God's way. It makes a difference. It really does. It makes a difference. But we've got to sever and redefine those relationships that are harmful to our lives and the destiny that God has for us. It's true. So be careful who you walk with. Be careful who you walk with. Do, do whatever you need to do. Some of you need to change your phone number. You need to change your job. You need to change states. You need to get out of the situation that you're in. You need to sever those relationships. Why? Because Proverbs 13.20 says this, He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. So if you, if you want to keep walking with those people, it's just going to destroy your life in ways you can't even imagine. Uh, it continues in 1 Corinthians 15, 33. It also says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. You know, in the same way we talk about grow groups around here, that if you join a group, it'll change your thinking. You'll find freedom if you, if you connect with those people. But but it works the same way the other way. If you want to stay connected with people that are going to take you in opposite direction, of God's best for you, then, 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 then you'll find destruction. It'll corrupt you. So here's the last one, the fourth choice. And this one is actually a happy choice. You need to initiate some meaningful relationships. Initiate some meaningful relationships. Man, if you don't have them already, you need to get some. A lot of us are terrible at this. And the reason we're terrible at this is because our culture, which is the summary of our habits, right, the way we live our lives, our culture is such that we live our lives very isolated. It's like our default mode. Facebook is wonderful because it takes us away from everybody and puts us all by ourselves in our little bubble, right? We live all alone and we can still be connected with people, only surface level, right? We're isolated. We've got our houses. We've got our Netflix. We've got all we need all by ourselves. And that's why we're so bad at it. And we need to shift some things. We need to make some changes. We need to begin those relationships because many of you, well, you want friends. Many of you, well, you, you want mentors. You, you want to be in a dating relationship, but your default is isolation. and You keep separating yourself from people. I think it's a pride thing. I think if you look at history, the way we've grown up, especially here in America, it's this whole pride thing that I can do this by myself, that I don't need any help. I don't need people, but here's the truth. 
You cannot do this alone. You need people. Hebrews 10.25 says, Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. So you can't one another unless you've got other people. You know that? There's these 30 verses in the New Testament alone that talk about one anothering each other. You need somebody else. In fact, the Holy Spirit isn't even going to do any work in your life because the fruit of the Spirit, in other words, the evidence that he's doing something in your life, those fruits are to be used in relationship with other people. Like it's easy to have patience when you're by yourself. The Holy Spirit is not going to have to do nothing with you. But it's hard when there's somebody that is trying you and pushing you to have patience. The Holy Spirit's got to do a whole lot of work. And then you see the fruit of the Spirit because there's another person. You need people in your life. And, Peter, and, and Hebrews says, and all the more as you see the day, that day is capitalized because it means the end of time, the Christ's return. So how do we initiate the right relationships? I'm going to quickly give you the four relationships you need in your life. Here they are. If you're going to master the habit of choosing your relationships carefully, the first one is develop my relationship with my church. You need to have a place that you call my church. You need to have a place where you belong. Doesn't have to be simple church. I'm, of course, inviting you to be a part of our church, but you need to have a place where you belong. You say, Aaron, how can you say that? Well, because I'm here doing something called kingdom building and not castle building. God's got a kingdom to build, and it involves all of our churches. And so if this one don't work for you, I'm happy to have a cup of coffee or a conversation with you and help you find one where you, need, where you can belong. Because you need to belong. It's important. It's important. Ephesians 2.19 says, you are members of God's very own family. You know there's a difference in being a member and being an attender. You know that? Anybody ever gone as a guest to a family reunion before? You're not the family member. You're not married into it. You went as a guest. I went when I was younger. I went, my, I went to an all-black family reunion. Talk about culture shock, right? Like difference. Like I walked in, and I was the only white guy in there. And I thought I'd be nervous, but I was fine. I was right at home. Brother, let me tell you something. I went into the spread. There was five different pans of fried chicken in five different ways. <laughs> My mouth is salivating right now. And I was in the kitchen, and I was getting some chicken wings, and all, I was trying them all. And one of the ladies came in from the backyard, and she saw me, and she turned out to everybody that was in the family that belonged there and said, y'all, there's a white man in our kitchen. And I turned around, and I said, where? Where is he at? <laughs> That's a true story. That really happened. But <laughs> she knew that I didn't belong, not because I was white, but she, she knew I wasn't part of the family. There's a difference in being a member and being an attender. And many of you, you're attenders here, and I think that's just fine. Maybe you're here, you're not serving, you're not giving, you're not being a part of what we do because maybe there's some pain in your life and you need to heal, and I think that's just fine. But also know that I know that it's not okay to stay that way. We say, like, it's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. You need to keep moving on because your life will be different when you shift from being an attender of a church to being a member of the church. Because you'll get the best out of your relationship when you commit to it. When Shanda and I were dating, I attended the relationship. I attended. I attended all the dates. We, I pick her up. We go out. Drop her off. I attended those. But then there was a wedding, y'all. At that point, I became a member of that relationship. <laughs> and let me tell you, the membership benefits are way better than being an attender to that relationship. Bless the Lord. And all the married folks said, yeah, yeah right? It's be the benef benefits are way better. So if you're, if you're kicking tires here at Simple Church, that's okay. But know that it will be better when you decide to commit, when you decide to become a member. And so here's the invitation for you to join our church, to, to come and be a part of what we're doing. To, and, 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 and it's a part to be an owner, right? That, so that, that when you walk around here, you have a sense of pride that, that when something's broken or there's trash on the floor, you pick it up because this is your church. You, you need to belong and become a member. The, the verse continues and says, you're members of God's very own family, and you belong in God's household with every other Christian. That's where you belong. 
So become a member. How do you do that? Join, go to Growth Track. Now, Growth Track's been down for a couple months, but we started again uh, the first Sunday in February. And just a little shift for you, Growth Track will be directly after our single service, the 1115 service for now. When we shift to two services, it'll be during our 9 a.m. service. But, but for now, if you're ready for Growth Track, next Sunday, directly after service, we'll have food for you. So you don't need to worry about lunch, and we'll feed you and take care of that. But go to Growth Track. Step one is membership. It's, it's finding out what church is all about, simple church is all about. So, so make a plan to do that. Second relationship you need is to develop your relationship with godly friends. These are the kind of relationships where you have people that will encourage you, that will love you, and help you move in the right direction. Bible talks about these kind of relationships as iron sharpens iron. They make you sharper. You need these kind of people in your life because when you want to call someone, when you're mad and you've stormed off and you're six seconds from stupid, hello, men, you know what I'm saying, right? Yep, six seconds from stupid, you're going to need somebody to talk you off that ledge. You're going to want somebody when you've got a bad report about a loved one or about your health to pray with you and walk through that with you. When you've been hurt by someone, you're going to want to have somebody to encourage you in the right way. When you don't know what to do with your kids, bless God, you're going to want to call somebody and have somebody to encourage you in the ways of the Lord. And I'm not just talking about the Sunday morning kind of relationships either because these are all surface level. I'm talking about relationships that you get into where people know you, where people really know who you are. You need godly friends. In fact, this was the pattern of the early morning or the early year church they would, they would gather on Sundays, and then they would disperse throughout the week, and they would be in each other's homes, and they would fellowship. In fact, the Bible says this about them, is that all, believe, all the believers met together constantly and shared everything with each other. Well, how did they do that? The, the same way we do that. We have our grow groups. We meet on Sundays, but we've got our grow groups that you can meet in, where you gather together to love one another, encourage one another, serve one another, and share with each other. We say, Aaron, share what? Share what's really going on in your life. Share who you really are. Share what you're struggling with. Like, I don't mean that you need to get in that group and tell everybody what you're dealing with, but you need to find somebody because I've got issues. I'm not telling all of you what they are, but I do have somebody that I talk to that I do what we call taking off the mask. Well, we can be real. And I'm telling you, when you do that, when you take off the mask with somebody, you're gonna find they're gonna take off their mask too and say, man, I got issues too. I got them. Or I used to deal with that. I know what that's like. And they'll walk with you and they'll encourage you. Because here's your truth, and you should write this one down. You will only be as sick as your secrets. I know that stings. I know that's uncomfortable. But if you want to remain sick, keep your secrets. That's why the best thing for us to do to help you is for you to get into a group. And you're in luck. Last couple months, I've been talking about groups, so the season was over. Well, guess what? The season's about to begin. So the winter, spring season, and semester of Grow Groups is getting ready to start. That means that today, you can look online, and throughout the week, I understand a couple more groups will be posted, but today, you can look. If you got the Simple Church app, or if you got the website, and it's My Simple Church, Simple mysimple.church, excuse me, and uh, you can visit our websites, and, and you can look and see the groups. They're up and posted for you, but you cannot sign up until next Sunday. So make your plan of attack. Oh, I heard that. Next Sunday, you can sign up, and we'll get you started. But, but if, if you're new to our church, you need to understand, we, we've got the, our groups are, are free market-based. In other words, we do study groups that, that cover men's and women's studies and financial studies and marriage, and, and we, we do outreach studies and, 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 and student studies. There's a whole group that is formed that is just for our students, ages of sixth grade and up. Man, they, they, they're having a great time in there. You're going to want your kids to be in that group. Uh, and, and, and so there's lots of groups for you to choose from. And really, the group is just the hook to get you into a place where you build a relationship with somebody, if I'm just being honest. We do those groups so that you can get into a place and you get to get in relationship with some godly friends. And so make sure you look. If you can't decide which group to get into, if you can't decide uh, the group that you want to you try out, go with me on Mondays. I'm going down to the Dream Center, and we're going to serve some people. Bless God, all right? So, 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 so let's jump in and let's go do it, all right? Third relationship you need to develop, and I'm, I'm doing this quick as I can. Develop your relationship with a team. You need to be on a team. It'll truly be the most fun that you ever have, and it'll be the most fulfilling thing that you do, is to join a team. If you've gone through growth track already and you didn't make the jump to a team, or maybe you tried a team and didn't like it, let's try something else. You, you need to be on a team, because not only is, are you accomplishing something great, 
but it's probably the most fun you'll have throughout your week. Because here's the reason. You'll never do anything significant alone. Ecclesiastes says this, there is a man all alone. He was by himself. He had neither son nor brother, and there was no end to his toil. He's doing a lot of work. No end to his toil, yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. So he had some accomplishments, but it's what he was doing all on his own. And he wasn't satisfied by him. The verse continues, says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. Look, God designed you to do something. He designed you to do something incredible in this life. That's why in Growth Track, we talk about it. Step two is to discover your purpose. We believe God's got gifts that he's put inside of you that you were intended to use to make a difference in somebody else's life. And until you do, your life won't make sense. It just will not make sense. So if you want to increase your impact, get on a team because it will double it. The last part of that verse says two are better than one because they get a good return for their labor. So, so, so jump into growth track. Make your decision. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go discover how God's wired me and so I can ultimately get on a team and begin making a difference. It's four simple steps. Growth track is to, to helping you get on the team. And the last thing you need to develop is your relationship with God. This is, this is the most important relationship that you can develop. And honestly, as your pastor, uh, which, by the way, if you don't have a pastor yet, hi, I'm it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my greatest desire for you and, and God's greatest desire for you is for you to know him. It, it, it's for you to know who he is, to know how much he loves you. And, and, and the, the, the situation is such that a relationship with God is not one that you can try. You know, if you ever watch the, the Star Wars movies and Luke is talking to Yoda, he's like, well, I'll try. And he's like, try, try, you, do, you must not. Do, you must, right? Like, like, you can't, I just totally butchered that line. Please don't hate me, I'm sorry. Uh, thank you. Somebody made a pre-decision to forgive me. I appreciate that. So, if you don't try anything, I mean, how many of you would want to begin a relationship with somebody that says, well, I'm going to try this relationship? You don't, you don't try it. You go all in. You, you go all in on a relationship in order for you to get the most out of it, for it to be successful, for it to be blessed. You, you, you simply go all in. And, and a relationship with God is no different. You have to go all in. I can tell you all day long how great it is, but until you decide to go all in, you'll never know for yourself how great it is. You, you have to go all in. Going all in means that you, you live your life in a way that you have rearranged everything to point towards God, every part of it, all of it. If, if you want the best of a relationship with God, that's what, that's what it requires, is for you to make a leap. I've, I've been pastoring for almost six years now. Can it be that long? And I talk to people all the time. They're like, well, I tried, God. Well, no wonder you, no wonder you feel about it in the way you do. Be- because you tried. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Well, how, how can you taste of all that he has if you didn't go all in? Live your life completely surrendered. Be, be a fan of God. You know, many of you guys are Buckeye football fans in here. And I, I love you for loving them. And you've orchestrated your life around Buckeye football. That means when the schedule starts, you don't do anything during game time. In fact, what you're willing to do in order to attend a game and be part of the game is you'll park an hour away and walk so that you don't have to be in that crazy traffic to be at a game. Many of you guys get mad at the first two parking spots at the Kroger are filled. But because you are a fan of the Buckeyes, you'll park great distances away and walk. You'll spend your entire day tailgating celebrating the fact that the Buckeyes are getting ready to play. And then when they win, you spend the rest of the day celebrating too. When you get into that game, you scream, you shout, you sing, you wave and, 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 and get rowdy. You're a fan of the Buckeyes. And I, I, I want you to be a fan of God in the same way. <laughs> oh, see, I did it to you. I took you there. So this is what it looks like. Where you're a fan of who God is. And it takes you going all in, rearranging your life so it can be pointed towards him. You can do this. 
I think 2019 can look completely different if you'd be willing to go all in. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you'll find me. Didn't say look half-heartedly. He didn't say try it. Just look for me wholeheartedly. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this series and this message and what you're accomplishing in it. Thank you for the challenge to, to shift our life from these downhill habits that we have in our life to some uphill habits. Lord, they're not easy. They may be simple in concept, but they're not always easy to do day by day, moment by moment. And we just ask you to help us do it. There's so many that are making the choice today, right here, right now, to make a shift specifically regarding their relationships. And I thank you for that. Give them wisdom as they do. Give them clarity and understanding. Give them forgiveness and grace to nurture their relationships, to sever and redefine and, and to build some new ones. Lord, Lord, we know that this is an important, one of the most important decisions that we can make about our lives because it shapes who we are. Now, in this moment of prayer that we're continuing to pray, there are some of you right now that you need to go all in. And maybe you've done this before. This has been part of your story. I know you. I walked this path too, and I walked away from God at a certain, certain season of my life for seven years. And I have my reasons, and I know you do too. I'm not mad at you about those. But I'm here to tell you that whatever reasons they are, it's time to let them go. It's time to make a decision to go all in for God. To put him first on your list of priorities, that he's number one, because that's the only place that he'll play. Others of you, you've never made this decision before in your life. And let me tell you something. God's not upset with you over the decisions you've made in your life. He's not mad at you over the, the mistakes that you've made. In fact, the best part of God's day, if I were to determine it, is when he gets to give you a, a redo. In fact, he knows what you did last night, and I would tell you that your picture, if he had a refrigerator, is hanging on his refrigerator. He loves you so much. And he's just waiting on you to say, I'm ready. I'm in. In fact, I'm all in. And, and you do that by praying a prayer that, that says, I accept Jesus as Lord of my life. That means he's in charge. And you're not going to live it perfectly, but you're at least going to try. And, and that's all he expects from you. And, and so today I'm going to pray a prayer. And if you're here today and you say, Aaron, I need to rededicate my life. I need to go all in. Or, or, or I'm brand new at this and I'm ready to go. I'm going to pray a prayer. And I'm inviting you to join our family. I'm inviting you to join. So if you're ready to pray that prayer, just slip your hand up right now. Say, Aaron, that's me. Thank you. I see those hands. Thank you. Thank you. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. There's at least three people that I've seen so far. Anybody else? See, this is why we're here, guys. So let's do this. Let's pray this prayer right now. Everybody, Christians, you pray with me. Nobody prays alone. Say, Jesus, I'm ready to go all in. I give you my life. Now you give me yours. Make me brand new. Forgive me of my past. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.